Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Is Tom Rainer own leadership? And Tom Rainer was pastored three different churches. He now heads up the Southern Baptist publications, Lifeway Publications. He's a big wig with with that organization. He has two sons that are uh, that are pastors, and uh, he's one of my favorite people to listen to. Don't agree with him on everything. Don't agree with him on the music that he starts his podcast with, but. There's nonetheless a lot of good information there. And one particular podcast caught my eye, and it's entitled Top Ten Ways Churches Drive Away First-Time Guests. Top Ten Ways Churches Drive Away First-Time Guests. Well, you know that got my attention. I mean, we work hard to try to get people here. The last thing we want is for people to come, and then for some fault of ours, they not come back. So as a pastor, you better believe I'm going to be all ears on a podcast like that. But before we get into those top ten ways churches drive visitors away, I want us to look first at a church, and we have visited this church before, I want us to look at a church that got it right. So turn in your Bibles, there's no, there's no PowerPoint tonight, turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41. I think this first church there in Jerusalem, I guess we could call it the first Baptist church of Jerusalem, I think they model how you attract people. And we want to make sure that we are living this positive model. Now we're going to look at the negatives, but I want us to look at this positive model first. It says in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse number 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added uh, unto them about 3,000 souls. And by the way, that's the correct order. That's Based on that verse right there is how we handle church membership. They that gladly received his word, first you got to be saved. Then they were baptized, that's number two. Then they joined the church. And that's where we get, you say, well, where do you get the idea? Where do you say you got to be saved, got to be baptized to join church? Right there. Right there. Moving on, verse number 42. And they, all the, this congregation, this church, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together. And had things, had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods. And again, that is not communism, that is not socialism, this is voluntary. Okay? This is voluntary. These are people that are choosing to do what they want to do with their private property. And parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. Now, when a church gets it right, then you read this. And the Lord added to the church daily 
such as should be saved. This is a church that drew people. And I want us to look at that first before we look at what Rainer says is the way we drive people away. Consider what he just said in the verses we just read. Number one, they had all things in common. And that simply means they were sensitive to the needs of others. It says in verse number 45, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. A good church, a healthy church, a church that attracts people, have a group of core people that are sensitive to the needs of others. That's so against culture. In the culture, it seems to be every man for himself. You know, dog eat dog. You know, pull down on the guy above you and push down on the guy below you. That's the only way you get to the top. And when somebody comes into an environment where people are sensitive to others around them and are sensitive to the need that some, sensitive to the fact that someone has a need, and they make the effort, even sacrificial effort, to meet that need, that's going to get the community's attention. Because they know that's not normally how it's done. And that is attractive to people. And that's one of the reasons we read in verse number 47 that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. But it also says in that passage... They had all things in common, sold it. And it says, and they, in verse number 46, continuing daily, this is key, with one accord. They were living in unity. They were living in unity. And that's part of the reason you can read in verse number 47 that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So many people tend to fight. So many people tend to be suspicious of one another. So, so many people have these days egos, and it ought to be done my way. And when it's not done my way, or if I don't get recognized, my feelings are hurt, and I'll just go somewhere else where I can get the recognition I deserve. No, it says these people were of one accord. They were living in unity. I appreciate the folks in this room who are sensitive to the needs of others. That is a wonderful testimony to the communities represented in this church tonight. I am grateful for the people in this church who are of one accord. You know, and I've preached before. That's amazing that a church can be of one accord. Because a church is going to deal with every issue on the face of the earth. I mean, in some businesses you deal with plumbing, some businesses you deal with finance, some businesses you deal with health care, some businesses you deal with child care. We deal with it all. And, and the point is, when you deal with so many subjects, you have the opportunity for so many varied opinions and so many egos getting involved. One of the reasons these people were blessed, though, they had the maturity They had their identity in Christ and could be of one accord. But in addition to being in one accord, it says that they break bread from house to house. These people enjoyed fellowship. 
They just liked being with one another. I mean, when they got saved, they became family. I mean, different personalities, different income levels in that church, no doubt. Different family groups, different personalities, different temperaments. But yet they wanted to be together. There was fellowship there. And that was important to them. And I appreciate those of you that fellowship is important to you. And, and I particularly appreciate people that understand the value of fellowship for fellowship's sake. Uh, talked to my good friend out in California, uh, Rich Sidlowski. And he, he will tell me what, what, what ticks him off. You know, pastors have to vent sometimes. So he'll, he'll call me and he'll say, you know, we'll, we'll have something for XYZ group. And, and we, you know, we want to be a blessing. We want to be an encouragement. And we're, we're inviting them. And he says, invariably, somebody will say, Oh, it's going to be a meal? Yes, it's going to be a meal, and we want you to come. <clears throat> what are you serving? <laughs> oh, I, 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 I don't do chicken. Chicken doesn't agree with me. I won't be able to come. Now, okay. Do, do, do you understand? My, I haven't even made the point. Do you understand the point? I, that, that, that's a person that's clueless. That's a person that... Wait a minute, you don't understand. We are a team. You, okay, we'll, we'll get you a hamburger. But just, just come because, number one, you might need what's being said there. And number two, somebody else might need your presence there. We have to think beyond the end of our noses about this. And, and look, I, when Rich told me that, I, I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He said, What? He said, I, I, I would never, somebody, he said, somebody invite me over to their house. He said, I would never say, well, what are you having? You know, for me, it don't matter what you're having. I'm there, you know, just, you know, I'm, I'm there. But fellowship, it, it's, it's, it's I, I so appreciate those of you that do get it. Most everybody in this room, I would assume. That, you know, you're, you're not asking, well, how long is it going to last? And what, you know, blah, 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 and on and on and on. No, that you're a team player and you understand this is important. And you understand fellowship is just important in and of itself. That's, that's what they're talking about here. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. And then we read something else in that verse. And did eat their meat with gladness. Did eat their meat with gladness. They're just a good-spirited group of people. And, you know, going back to last Sunday morning, or last Sunday, <clears throat> you know, if your identity is in Christ, you ought to be glad. You're not having to prove yourself to anybody. You're comfortable with yourself. You're saved. You, I mean, not to say you don't have problems, and not to say that you don't care what people think about you at all, but, you know, in the bigger picture of things, you're... you're, you're, you're you're good in your own skin because you know Christ. I mean, what's, what's the worst that can happen? You could go to heaven. And that's, you know, that's, if that's the worst that can happen to a Christian, man, you know, and we're not belittling the everyday issues and problems, but that's, that's a good thing. Gladness. People have a good spirit. 
Are you one of those people your heart is filled with gladness? This church was. I mean, this is a description pretty much of the whole church. They, they ate the meat with gladness. You don't want to be the one that's always, you know, the one everybody's talking. What's wrong with her? What's, what's wrong with him? Why, why does he look that way? Why does she look that way? Why is he sitting over in the corner by himself? What, what, you don't know. No, now, now there may be some time you show up at church and you have a, you just got some really bad news and whatever, and you know, sure we understand that. But I'm talking about it's sad when some people have that whole personality. That's what you always see. That's what you always get. The sky is always falling, kind of thing. And then it says singleness of heart, singleness of heart, singleness of heart. I think that's referring to the fact that not only were they in unity, but they were on the same page spiritually. They're on the same page spiritually. We talked just a minute ago about we cover so many different topics, and we have so many different personalities and so many different education levels in here and so many different opinions in here. You know, it would be easy for us to just consume each other but this this right here is a great authority this is a great uh, referee if you will and when we just follow what this says we're not left really with a whole lot to argue about or get mad about because if we don't understand it we might have an honest disagreement we do understand what the bible says about our spirit So even if we disagree on some things, as we would in this room, we're mature enough in the Lord to know that the bigger picture is is more important than my my little opinion about how many angels can fit on the, the, the head of a pen. And then, lastly, praising God. It says in verse number 47, praising God, and then as a result, having favor with all the people. They're praising God. They're... If you're praising God, does it not seem to reason that you're focusing more on blessings than you are on problems? Not to say that we don't have problems. But mature Christians, I've seen through the years, can praise God even though they might have some problems, even some serious problems. They can still still find reason and justification for praising God. This This is a group of people that are positive, this is a group of people that are mature. This is a group of people that, that get it. These people are praising God. They're united spiritually. There's a, a gladness. There's a joy in this church. There's, there's a love for, for fellowship. Uh, th- there's a unity there. Th- there's a sensitivity to the needs of others. And that's the kind of church that God blesses. And that's how each and every one of us ought to be contributing to Myo Baptist Church. By being positive, by praising God, by having your heart filled with joy and gladness. I didn't think about the fact that I might be ending on a negative note, but let, let me go through these quickly these ten things that Tom Rainer um, listed that would... Uh, The title is specifically Top Ten Ways Churches 
drive-away first-time guests. We'll go through these. Number one, and this one, this one created a lot of controversy for him because a lot of pastors did not agree with him, which is fine, on this particular point. In fact, I would disagree with him on this particular point, but there are a lot of preachers that agree with him on this point. And you say, what is the point? Okay, the point is... <laughs> The point is, he says, this drives visitors away. Number one, and I don't think they're listed in any particular order. Having a stand up and greet one another time in the worship service. It's when we shake hands. It says, his study shows that a lot of visitors are uncomfortable with that. I, I don't think that's the case. You know, I, you know if, if I thought that it was driving people away, then I'd cut it out. We, we just wouldn't do it. But apparently some preachers really do believe that, and apparently he has anecdotal evidence. Maybe even they've done some studies, I don't know, that say that uh, uh, people are uncomfortable. How many of you, you don't have to answer, so that doesn't mean anything. How many of you, if you were visiting a church, I'm going to take my own poll right now, be honest. How many of you, if you were visiting a church, not a handshaking time, but they want to recognize the visitors, and they ask just the visitors to stand up. Okay, now you're, you're pretty mature people. This is not a good sample group here, I don't think. But, but how many of you would admit that you would be a, a little uncomfortable? You'd rather not do that. Ra- raise, raise your hands. Okay, that you, you know, just a little, okay, the majority in here, I would say, raise their hand. That, I mean, I, I know you, you would, I would think, you know. Because your wife said, stand up. They told us to stand up. You know, so you'd, you'd stand up. Um, but I don't think all of us standing and all of us shaking hands would put visitors, that's just my opinion, would put visitors uh, unease at, at, at ill ease. Uh, number two reason that uh, first-time visitors don't come back. Now, this one I would agree with 100%. Unfriendly church members. Just unfriendly church members. Now, no, no church member... There's no, there's no poll that you're going to take and say, raise your hand if you're an unfriendly church member. <laughs> you know, because everybody thinks they're friendly. But the truth is, they're not. They may be, you've heard me say this before, church members, every church thinks they're friendly. But that's not always the result. And oftentimes they are with each other. Oh, they're loving to see each other and visit each other. But a guest can come and sit down and nobody know they're there. You need to make sure, I need to make sure that we're greeting those guests before we tell that joke we've been waiting to tell to our buddy or tell our friend of that great sale on dresses there and wherever. Really, folks, any church, they've done surveys, Every church thinks they're a friendly church when, in fact, many or anything but. When you, use, when you use the criteria, do they speak to, do they greet, do they talk to visitors? Churches that say they're friendly, there are lots of them. And I believe this for a fact, that when it comes down to it, uh, folks really aren't friendly at all. They're friendly to each other, but not to guests. Um, number three. Another reason people don't come back is unsafe and unclean children's areas. Unsafe and unclean children's areas. And that is something I think we do a really good job at, but we can do even better. 
Isn't it the tendency for any organization over time to just let things slide? You know, any business or a church. So we, we need to remind ourselves, and Sunday school teachers, we need to remind ourselves and, and everyone, you know, to, to make sure that everything is safe and make sure that uh, everything is always clean. Number four, no place to get information. And we have an information desk out there, and it's been some time now. We need to, we need to do some things to make it more visible and to... Uh, you know, and, it, and it's manned, but we, we can do a better job of, of, of that. Uh, but that is a problem. If a guest comes in and walks around, there's no information, uh, that's a problem. Now, this one, I don't understand how it relates to this topic. I'll just read it. A bad church website. Maybe that means, well, that probably means you won't get that visitor to begin with. You know, there, there's a website of a church I was checking the other day, and I was on that website and I just couldn't find basic information, like, when are their services? I mean, you really have to, and that should be, and I, I need to go back and revisit our church website uh, now that I think about it, because I haven't in a while. But just, just basic things like that can be a problem. Number six, I agree with this 100%, and we're working on it, and we're going to correct it. Poor signage. Poor sign. He says that, you know, if churches have poor signage, that is going to discourage people from coming back. And we are on that right now. It is, it's a major project knowing, first of all, what directions are important, what do people need to know, where are the strategic places to, to put them, and then, and then, then what kind, you know, there's a million different styles and colors, and it's got to coordinate and whatever, and we're working on that Right now, and then signage for the outside as as well. Uh, you know, we have very, very little. In fact, probably none as far as directional signs. You know, we got some signage around, but not not like we should. And but we are working on that. Number number seven uh, that turn people away: insider church language, insider church language, and you know. I was guilty. Do you know I was guilty of that tonight? Tonight I am guilty of in, insider church language would be like visitors coming and sitting in a service and they really don't know what's going on. Like, why was that funny? And, and nobody explains it or whatever, or just talking a language and using acronyms or whatever. And, you know, visitors sitting there, they're, they're not relating. I did that tonight to a degree. When I, when I said to Brother Tom a while ago, I remembered Angie's name. Okay. How many of you knew what I was referring to when I, when I said that? Sandy. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you see, that, that's only those that are in on it know that. And I, after, as soon as I said that, I thought, guilty, <laughs> you know, because I knew it was coming. Because... What was it? A few years ago, I was saying something about Angie, and I couldn't remember her name. Yeah, my daughter-in-law. And then I asked her, I said, what's her name? Okay, well, Tom, Tom has that, what, not podcast, but that, that service, and you can slow it way down. You know, the speed of the voice, and I hate to say it, and I shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it, that it sounds like you're drunk, because I'm only going, what's her name, Sharon? <laughs> and Tom has shared that with a bunch of you, and he would be all too happy to share it. No, no, we didn't, we, we're good, we're good. <laughs> See, but that, that's, if you're not in on it, 
if you're not in on that, then, you know, you're kind of just left in the dark. And so you got to be careful about that. Uh, number eight, this turns people away. I think we do good. I think our choir, our special music, and uh, boring or bad services. Uh, I, I, we work real hard to have good services and have it organized and meaningful. Uh, I don't think this has ever happened here. I would call, if, if you are ever guilty of this, I, I don't make bold, brazen statements like this. I don't think I've ever made this statement before. But if you're guilty of this one, I'd probably call you up or come and see you. Members telling guests that they are in their seat. Would you agree with me that's worth calling somebody and saying, what are, what are you thinking? What, what, what do you, you know, you don't, you don't do that. You, you, you never come in, somebody's sitting in your seat, you know. Now, I tell you what we can do. We can make it your seat for a monthly fee of $1,000 rental space. <laughs> for $1,000 a month, we'll put your name on it <laughs> and dare anybody to sit there. But seriously, that's, that's the problem. And then number 10, this one turns people away, dirty facilities. And we don't have that issue here. And I am so grateful. Uh, Brother Dave and Jan, of course, primarily uh, take care of things. But everybody pitches in. Sunday school teachers and everybody that has a project or something going on, cleaning up afterwards. The Sunday school classes, cleaning up after the, um, after the, uh, the meals. Uh, how many of you, have you ever walked into a restaurant and, turn, and look, kind of looked around and turned around and walked out because it was there? Any of you ever done that? Yeah. Uh, churches need to represent the character of God. Well, anyway, those 10 things, we need to be aware of them. We need to be on top of it. We work too hard to try to get people here. It's too important for them to come. You know, they're going to have an experience here, and we want to do our best, humanly speaking, to make sure that they have a good experience when they come. And I'm grateful to all of you who do a great job, and I appreciate that. I mean, the church that we have... In, in the county that we're in, the part of the state that we're in, it, it, is, it is a testimony to God's goodness and God's blessings that we experience each week what we're able to experience. And it takes everybody, it takes a, a team to, to make it happen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.